Good morning, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and today is a segment we like to call It's Time to Talk About It, where we talk about either mental illness or just serious topics that are, you know, around in existence. So, yeah. The topic that I have decided to talk about, um, just because I've learned about this person, we're gonna talk about Eugenia Cooney again. So jump in the trenches with me and let's investigate. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to contact me in the links below. Thank you. For those of you who do not know who Eugenia Cooney is, she is a very famous YouTuber, and it has been revealed to a lot of her fan base and just a lot of the uh, people on social media and society as a whole that she is dealing with an eating disorder. So, <clears throat> I know that there might be some people that are struggling with um, an eating disorder, and I'm going to do my best not to say eating disorder. I'll try my best to say ED, um, just because I don't want to trigger anybody, but... Um, I was watching a video by Repzilla. Repzilla is a really good YouTuber. He's um, very truthful, very resourceful, and he kind of investigated the whole pro-Anna community. And he has found, or him and um, a few of Eugenia's fans have found some certain consistencies uh, to her and the pro-Anna uh, society. There are links to her and the pro-Anna society, or so I've been told. But um, it doesn't surprise me. It breaks my heart, but it doesn't surprise me that uh, she might be uh, part of the pro-Anna group. Um, just because I feel like She's been like this for so long that either she's just extremely sad about something in her life that she she wants to just not be around or she literally thinks that this makes her beautiful and that's the problem with the pro Anna society is that um, women and just, I think it is mostly women, but I, I, I do believe that there are, you know, men out there that are part of this as well. They believe that being super skinny and, um, starving themselves makes them beautiful. 
And that comes from deep-seated insecurity. It, it has to. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Um, it, it is a very touchy subject, and if I start pausing, uh, it's just because I'm trying to choose the right words to say, because just like the last episode uh, where I've talked about um, Eugenia, just in case... You know, somebody who was struggling with um, ED was listening. I didn't want to trigger them, so, you know, be patient with me. So these pro-Anna communities are not always in your face on social media. They're not always um, very public. Uh, You can't necessarily access a profile that easily. Um, It's very well hidden. So apparently there is a few on Instagram and um, there have been a few messages kind of um, between other pro-Anna members that have said that certain YouTubers, including Sarah Beauty Beauty Corner, which is, um, something, which is someone that I actually watch, and I understand that she's very skinny, but I don't think she's anorexic, I don't think she has an eating disorder just because she eats in front of the camera, she is able to, um, show everybody what she eats and what she does, like, her lifestyle. So, I don't think that's a problem. Um, but then again, we don't really know her true life and, you know, but I don't see her as the same as Eugenia Cooney. I just think she just eats healthy. Um, so, some of these, uh, members are talking about you know, certain YouTubers who are their thinspiration, and, um, one of them is Eugenia Cooney, of course, because Eugenia Cooney is struggling, we all know this, um, and it's terrible what she's going through, and I know it's, um, I know to a point she is putting herself through it just because you know, for whatever reason, we don't know. It could be insecurity, it could be past um, memories that have haunted her for such a long time, or it could necessarily be a um, a Gypsy Rose situation where she believes in a lie, you know, instead of actually believing that she has an illness that's not real, of course, because Gypsy Rose was um, manipulated and medicated to the point where she believed that she had, you know, these illnesses that her mom told her that she had. But maybe Eugenia is being manipulated to the point in the opposite way, um, where she doesn't eat and she thinks that that's okay and... That she she really does believe that there's nothing wrong with her, um, and I understand a little bit about the um, you know 
the mind of a person who has an ED uh, just because I've, you know, researched this topic for a long time. Personally, I've never gone through it. Uh, but for, you know, the experiences that, I, that I've had, um, that I've been listening to, um, of people who have gone through this, it is a goal. It is a, um... I gotta choose my words wisely. Um, anorexia or bulimia or any type of eating disorder is a goal in order to make yourself look a certain way. And, um, I... I can't relate to that physically. I think every woman uh, who has um, a certain, like, I don't know, maybe it's just a woman thing, um, not with anorexia, but um, with just making a goal for yourself to, to look a certain way. Um, it can be taken to an extreme, of course, when it comes to, you know, anorexia and eating disorders and stuff like that. But I feel like every woman or every girl does this, um, where they will see an Instagram model or they will see someone so beautiful on social media or in the movies or something like that, and they're like, I want to look like her. Because she's beautiful. Um, I had the same goal, um, but it wasn't dangerous. But I, I'm, I'm talking about like a generalized sort of. Um, not I wouldn't even say it's an obsession. It's just a goal for a woman to look her best. Sometimes um, I remember I stumbled upon this steampunk model. Her name was um, Kato, or Kato Lambert. She's a steampunk model, that's all I'm going to say. And I thought she was just the most beautiful person I have ever seen in my entire life. And I was like, oh my god, she's gorgeous. And at some point, I, have, I used to look at her photos all the time, and I'd be like, man... I want white hair like her, because she she had a way of dyeing her hair uh, and toning it to the point where it was like a pure, beautiful white color. And I finally, at some point, because I went to cosmetology school, I actually dyed my hair white because I thought it looked so beautiful on her, and I still believed that it looked beautiful on me, but... It's just an example of how women can sometimes idolize other women because they're comparing themselves to that person. I compared myself to Cato. Um, I thought that she was the image of perfection, of womanly perfection, because she was just skinny, she was gorgeous, and she looked... I don't know. To me, she looked like a, a how a perfect woman would look like. And um I don't know why. 
I don't know why I had that um, issue. Um, I didn't think of it as an issue at the time either. Um, but I didn't like hurt myself in order to look like her. I didn't um, do anything too extreme. But at that time when I was comparing myself to her, yes, I, I was deeply depressed. And um, just comparing myself to her was a kind of a way of dealing with my depression in a certain way. Because I didn't have that um, self-confidence to look at myself in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful the way I am. Um, I wanted to look like somebody else in order to say that I was beautiful. Um, I feel like a lot of girls and a lot of women do do this. Um, there's a difference between, you know, choosing somebody as inspiration, not thinspiration, but like inspiration for confidence and beauty tips and all that stuff. Like, I feel like women do that in a healthy way where they, you know, follow an influencer and, you know, they really help them. But when it comes to an obsession to where you want to look exactly like that person, uh, there's something wrong. And for the pro-Anna community in general, it's very toxic uh, as a whole. So when I see young girls and young women talking about how Eugenia Cooney is their inspiration to look exactly like it shows that that um, that personality trait that a lot of women have can be taken to an extreme if uh, you know what I mean because I feel like it shouldn't happen but a lot of women compare each other to each other that's just how some women are um, until they're able to gain that confidence and say, like, I'm beautiful and I'm just gorgeous. And, you know, if I see somebody else, you know, dealing with, you know, the lack of confidence, I'm going to encourage them. You know, there's, um, a lack of inner beauty for, you know, women who compare themselves to one another. And, um, it's very hard to acquire. Uh, I feel like a lot of women don't don't have that confidence uh, to say to themselves, like, I'm sexy as frick. Like, I'm gorgeous. What? Oh my god. <laughs> you know? It's not wrong to say that to yourself. And um, I know we're talking about pro-Anna communities. Trust me, I have a point. Um, but People in the pro-Anna community, they believe that, you know, being anorexic or bulimic, and I know I'm saying the words, I'm sorry, I just feel like I have to be specific, but they believe that being this way, having an ED, makes them beautiful, and that's where it gets dangerous and life-threatening, where a person's view of themselves is so low that they're able to 
that they would rather look at someone else instead of the mirror in front of them and say, that person is beautiful, not me. I'm not beautiful. Eugenia Cooney's gorgeous. Or Sarah Beauty Corner is gorgeous. Or Kato is gorgeous. Um, and I want to be like her. It's an image and it is an insecurity problem, um, I feel like. So, but um, there are a few consistencies, and I want to say consistencies, but not inconsistencies, just because um, there are a little bit of different ties to Eugenia's Instagram account and the um, pro-Anna community that she may or may not be involved in. Um, there is a symbol famous to the pro-Anna community called the Cerulean Butterfly. And um, it is used a lot in Eugenia's um, posts. The blue butterfly emoji has come up many times in her Instagram posts, and this could mean absolutely nothing, we don't know, but fans and people who have been investigating her health and have been investigating her situation see that this, this might be a direct tie to what she may be going through, so we're going to get into that. So the pro-Anna community has some very interesting rituals that they do, and when I say rituals, I don't really know any other word to describe it. <clears throat> I know some groups, uh, they do get together and, you know, online, and they just kind of create this sort of um, pride uh, in, in what they do and in what they're doing to themselves. So, um, one of those little rituals that they do is, or at least one of them does, I'm sure every single group is different, but, um, they wear red bracelets and they call each other angels, like, as if they're already gone. I, I'm sorry, I... <laughs> I don't I can't I can't express how how much that disturbs me when I say that um and I don't mean that in a, in an unfriendly way I, I want to say I'm heartbroken just by saying that but I don't I don't think I'll ever understand how Someone can hate themselves so much to the point where they are literally trying to kill themselves slowly. And I don't want to I don't want to try to relate to the pro anna community. I've never gone through it, so um that whole story that I gave you, that was just one example of how I feel like some of these women are, you know, seeing themselves. Um, 
because you guys know that I used to hate myself. You guys know that I used to be depressed and I used to want to die and all that. We're not, we're not going to talk about that. This isn't about me. Um, but the whole issue is that they hate themselves so much that they would rather celebrate their death early. I still have... I still don't necessarily understand, and that's okay, because I'm outside of this. I'm outside. I'm an outsider looking into this, and um, that's not necessarily a bad thing when when you have a certain perspective on a certain issue, um, because some people might see it in a different way. This is just my perception of what what I think is is happening. Oh, hi, Hopper. Uh, um, sorry. Uh, my little sparrow decided to sit on my windowsill and say hi. He might want some bread. Give me a minute. So what I can make out about the Cerulean Butterflies is that it's a group on Instagram for people who are, um, who have an ED, who, um, want to keep feeding that ED, so to speak, um, feeding that illness. So, um, yeah, that's basically. Eugenia, in particular, has been posting the cerulean butterfly. Like, the blue butterfly emoji, that's what the fans are kind of concerned about. Um, who have been kind of looking into her life and, and trying to find some sort of answer to why she's uh, the way she is. So, she has been posting, like, the blue butterfly, so maybe she is part of it. Who knows? But, um... One of the main things is um, that this group is age-restricted uh, on Instagram. It says 25 and up, no children. So, um, regardless of the age, it's still self-destroying, and I do not support it. But um, Eugenia Cooney, on the other hand, has said many times that she doesn't believe that she should uh, restrict, like, age restrict her content because she says, oh, I'm not making content that um, would, um, that isn't, that should be age restricted. That's what she said. And um, the problem is with that, like, we know that she has struggled or she is struggling, I'm sorry, she is struggling with an eating disorder. And for kids to look at that and think that that is a normal way of how someone is living, especially someone that they look up to, that is a big problem. And I don't think that... This is what I believe. I don't believe she doesn't understand that. I don't believe that she doesn't understand that. Because... If she's able to talk for at least almost 12 hours on Twitch stream, talking to her fans and having a competent um, way of speaking 
and is able to understand what they're saying. I don't believe that she's not capable of understanding. I do believe that she understands. She just doesn't want to understand. She doesn't want to... She's counting on the fact that you don't think she understands. I think that's what's going on. And um, I, I'd say that in a non-malicious way just because she may be in complete denial to the point where she just doesn't want to be exposed. Um, when it comes to somebody who is stubborn and is depressed, and I'm talking generally right now, um, they will hide. They will run and they will hide their emotions and their true feelings and what's really going on deeply within themselves until someone actually does pry it out of them. And then when that happens, that's where like the flight or flight, the fight or flight response, those four reactions, um, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn sort of come into play. Um, because when someone is met with um, extreme uh, measures as, you know, being found out uh, what's really going on within themselves. That's the four main extreme um, reactions. And I don't think we've really saw that yet from her. And I hope at some point she really does get real help. Um, because she has so many people that love her. She has to be aware of that. She has to know that because she she says that she loves them back, but I can't speak for, you know, for everybody else and their experiences with her. All I know is that Eugenia Cooney doesn't deserve to put herself through this. And um, the problem is, is that the reason why we can't help her it's because she's putting herself through this. Um, I think I remember saying the last time I talked about her um, was that it's all up to Eugenia now to find to, to find out what she truly wants out of life. And that is very scary because we don't know what that looks like for her. We, we truly don't know. Um, because right now she seems to have accepted this false sense of reality to where she doesn't want to step out of that because it's become her comfort zone even though it is um, an environment that is very toxic and very damaging to her um, we I can't remember the term that we use Basically, it's just manipulation. Um, I'm sure there's an accurate term for that. Um, where someone has been put in a situation that is so toxic and so extreme to the point where at some point it clicks in their brain like, okay, this is normal, this is fine. When it actually truly isn't. Um, it's just a, a false sense of reality. And um, the thing about our brains thing about uh, a human brain is that it will adapt to its surroundings whether or not it is dysfunctional or if it's peaceful. 
That's why you uh, see certain people um, with different mental disabilities, or not disabilities, I'm sorry, mental illness, um, who deal with depression, suicide, eating disorders, um, you know, bipolar disorder. It, it just, it, it, it is a very wide range of different things that could happen to the mind when it is not nourished in the right way. And um, when it comes to, you know, Eugenia, I feel like, yes, she has shut herself in. She has isolated herself. And I don't think it's just her. I think it is her mom, too. Um, because she used to have friends. She used to have Jacqueline Glenn and a few other friends. But, of course, they turned her in because they cared about her. And the thing is with that, in Eugenia's mind... They believe, or she believes, that um, they did this for some sort of malicious um, intent. And it, that's not necessarily at all what it was. And um, so yes, I believe that eating disorders or EDs can really warp someone's mind and sense of reality to where they're completely comfortable with it, whether they um, end up gravitating to anorexia themselves or maybe it's a generational curse and it runs in the family, whichever one, um, maybe it stems from abuse, maybe it stems from you know someone being bullied to the point where um, they starve themselves in order to, to feel better about themselves because the outside world to them sees them as fat or ugly or just not enough. And um, that's a really big problem too, especially for young women. And I know I'm babbling. Trust me, I'll get back to it. Uh, a lot of young girls... You know, they don't really have a good female role model, except, I mean, <laughs> the only role model they have is Cardi B talking about her wet-ass pussy, and I just can't understand why being a good role model is such a bad thing in society. I don't think I can name one person that is a good role model for either men or women, like boys or girls. And that's a scary fact. We don't have a role model anymore. We don't have any um, anyone to kind of stand up and say, I want to be um, the image of a good person for someone to follow. And I mean, I don't want to say that's a bad thing when someone decides to try to be that upstanding image but people need to take into consideration that we're all human, we're all gonna make mistakes, of course. So, I don't know. Um, but yes, um, when it comes to someone who is dealing with not just a physical illness, because yes, I believe that anorexia, bulimia, any type of eating disorder is a physical illness because um, at some point, your body does adapt to that. So, um, 
I think I remember a long time ago, I learned in school that if someone is anorexic for a long time, for a long enough time, their body does reject food. So whenever they do try to get nourishment, their body rejects it. They throw up. Um, their, their body just kind of like goes out of whack because this whole routine of not eating is normal to the body. And even though, yes, the body needs nourishment, it's just learned how to survive without any nourishment. Um, and during that process, when it is, you know, trying to uh, survive without any nourishment, the body starts shutting down certain areas of the body in order to kind of bring that central, um, I don't want to say nervous system, but the central area where the heart, lungs, and intestines, and stomach are trying to kind of bring all of the blood into the center of the body in order for it to work properly because um, if it's brought only to the, throughout the whole body, there's not enough nourishment for the blood cells to carry blood throughout the body. And um, that's one of the reasons why a lot of people who are dealing with eating disorders have problems with walking or moving or uh, maybe they have joint pain. It's all because their body is basically trying to adapt to the conditions that they've put themselves in and um, trying to prolong their life because of what's happening to them, if that makes any sense. Um, so yeah, uh, it kind of reminds me of how when someone gets very cold, um, like let's say someone gets lost in the snow and they get kind of stranded or something like that, um, the body will bring all the blood towards the center of the body because of, you know, the body needs to be warm. It's trying to protect those vital organs. So um, the arms, the hands and feet will get colder while the center of the body gets warmer. Um, that's another example. Um, basically, the body is trying to protect the person um, and operate without all of this nourishment. And that can only go on for so long. We already know this. And um, I just really, really hope that, you know, Eugenia gets real help. I mean, she, she knows that, you know, there are people out there that love her. And I know she takes criticism very, very badly. But at some point, she's going to have to learn that that's tough love. There's a, there is a love that is nurturing, and there's a time for that. But then there's also a time to get right up in your face and tell them the truth. Like, you are killing yourself. That's tough love. Telling somebody the straight-up truth that they need to hear, whether they reject it or not, that's tough love.
I did talk a lot about some very serious stuff, so take a break while this advertisement um, is playing. Get yourself something to drink, something to eat. Do something. Because um, there's only so much a person can listen to, you know, something so serious. So, please, enjoy the break. So now I'm going to stray away from the topic of Eugenia Cooney, even though this episode is about her. I just don't want to stay on the topic so much to the point where people may think that I'm bullying her or exposing her or belittling her, patronizing her in any way. Um, Trust me, I care about Eugenia Cooney just as much as the next good-hearted person. Um, And we're going to talk about... You, uh, sorry, not Eugenia, but anorexia and how it works. Um, so far, I know that anorexia has two sides. There's a binge and purge uh, side, and then there's the extreme um, restrictive anorexia. Binging and purging is where um, someone eats so much to the point where they have so much shame and they do whatever they can in order to maybe expel that food or just find a way in order to never eat like that again. Um, Restrictive is um, obsessive amounts of counting your calories, not eating as much as a normal person would, Um, just extreme dieting and extreme um, restrictive eating and um, this does lead to starvation people can really starve themselves and um, it it's terrible but there are physical behavioral and mental uh, symptoms when it comes to anorexia People can experience fatigue, extreme weight loss, and at some point, I do know that the body becomes vitamin deficient uh, when it comes to being restricted from certain nutrients that the body needs. So some may experience extreme iron deficiency, B12, vitamin D, zinc, all of the necessary vitamins to, um, you know, make the body operate Uh, so if someone is iron deficient it just means that their cells are not working properly in order to carry blood throughout the whole body and like I said um, beforehand this happens um, when the body isn't nourished enough when we don't take care of ourselves in general the body starts trying to adapt to um, the conditions that it's put under until the nourishment that it does need uh, 
is it's able to accept it. So, um, you know, B12 deficiency, of course, is it's very uh, important for someone to have a B12 in their life. Uh, it helps with immune health, blood cell reproduction. It helps with your brain. It helps with your eyesight. It helps a lot of things. Um, vitamin D deficiency is where your immune system is compromised a little bit and also your bones might start uh, getting a little brittle, maybe. Um, zinc, I'm not too sure about. But all of these deficiencies do, um, I imagine, come with anorexia when, it, when you cut off your body from all of those nutrients. So behavioral would be extreme dieting and uh, meticulous um, attention to detail when it comes to eating. So I do know that some people may only eat certain foods, but maybe they do feel... There's... I feel like anorexia is such a big topic. It's, it has such a wide range of different types of people who eat only a little bit and throughout the day they just don't eat. Uh, there's some people that just don't eat at all. There are people who binge and purge. There are people that um, end up being bulimic as well, which is just someone who throws up everything that they eat. And um, So uh, it is a very wide range of different varieties when it comes to anorexia. So um, I have seen some people in different documentaries that I have seen, they will eat a little bit but then they'll throw away the rest and um, that will be their meal for the day. And then the rest of the day they won't have anything. Maybe they'll just have a little bit of water. It, it's extreme, extreme dieting when it comes to behavioral problems. Uh, also, um, along with the vitamin deficient area, um, mood swings may happen. Um, some people who are vitamin deficiency have vitamin deficiencies, they do have mood swings, they do have attitude changes, so um, some people may call it being hangry. This is extreme to where they have literal mood swings. They're completely emotional. Um, and of course with uh, the mental uh, toll from anorexia. It's depression, anxiety, and maybe even suicidal thoughts and tendencies. And um, so yes, um, I think we have seen Eugenia at least a few times cry in front of the camera on Twitch because she just does not want to be asked about her anorexia or her eating disorder. And um, so we do know that that is a symptom I just, it, it, it just breaks my heart that she's still putting herself through this. That's all. Now, this is something that I did not realize until I started watching it. Um, as I said before, I'm watching different YouTube videos of people who have been dealing with anorexia or have conquered it. 
So, um, when it comes to someone who has anorexia, it is almost like, I don't want to say a split personality disorder, but I do believe it's a, um, certain, um, I don't want to even say personality trait because I do believe that their anorexia is a spirit, but um, I do believe that it's some sort of mentality that taunts you. Um, so there is this woman that I am watching right now, and she basically says that anorexia is another personality. Um, there's anorexia and then there's you. So when it, um, anorexia is always rude, always nasty, always, you know, ill-mannered. So when you do lose a little bit of weight, it praises you for about a few minutes. You know, you have this self-confidence that you've, you've lost weight, you feel really good, but then later on it will taunt you again to keep starving yourself keep getting thinner it's basically an inner bully so it's um a way of self-manipulation i want to say to where um you're constantly teetering back and forth between praise and belittlement um because if you lose weight you feel good for a minute but then you're like i can do more can do more. This is why I said that anorexia is sometimes, most of the time, um, a goal for women who are struggling with this is because they have that inner voice telling you, you need to get thinner, you're still fat, you're still unhealthy, you're still ugly, and um, this is a very extreme form of insecurity, and I, I know it's a whole lot more than that. Sometimes it will manifest itself in a way of calorie counting, it does start like that sometimes, where um, they'll stick to a certain amount of calories a day, but then that inner voice inside you starts telling you, you can drop those calories, like lower them each and every day. Um, it turns people, or it turns the subject or the victim against everyone else, they, it doesn't want you to be loved. Anorexia does not want you to feel loved or feel like you matter. Um, and it is a very extreme way of hating oneself. Anorexia, in some people's minds, when, when they're dealing with it, anorexia acts like the victim's only friend. So when I imagine that the situation would go, um, a friend says something like, why are you doing this to yourself? The victim gets completely defensive and then they draw back. This is what we see with Eugenia when her friends um, take her into care. And of course she's not friends with those people so, um, it may actually be a possibility that anorexia is Eugenia's only friend right now. Okay. This one, I have to put in there just because, 
we do believe, or at least the majority of people do believe that Eugenia's mom is the enabler in this uh, situation uh, with Eugenia Cooney's weight and uh, her health. The one thing that I do have to uh, say is that when I did say anorexia turns you away from the people that you love because it makes you believe that you are unloved and that um, it doesn't want you to feel loved. It just anorexia wants the wants it to be the only thing to be embraced by you. So. Um, it can also turn that victim away from family that is also trying to help them. So, in other words, there may be a possibility that we are wrong about Eugenia's mom. Maybe Eugenia's trying, or maybe her mom is actually trying to help her. But, of course, Eugenia probably does not want to listen. Um, we don't know. Um, I do believe it, it is the other way around where um, the mother is getting all the money from Eugenia and is manipulating her to be this way. Um, there's a lot of evidence that goes into that. But there could also be a possibility that she's the one doing this to herself and she's ignoring everybody else's voice. I believe it's a, a self-worth struggle in, in so many words where um, in order to teach somebody how to love themselves, they have to go out of their way to say that they matter themselves. Um, like I said, loving yourself is probably the hardest thing and probably the most successful thing that someone can do for themselves, but when they refuse to love themselves, that is the problem. Because when you don't love yourself, You'll do anything you can that is life-threatening and dangerous um, to prove that you don't love yourself or that you, you're not worthy of love. So the anorexia could be the very expression of that. And um, I believe it is. It is a very low form, um, like the lowest form of self uh, worthlessness, uh, that, you know, when someone uh, thinks that they're the most worthless person on the planet uh, and they believe that they just deserve to die, we, um, they might not see it that way, of course, because anorexia does distort your way of thinking to where um, someone who is suffering from it for a long time thinks that they're doing very well and that they're really healthy and they have uh, a distorted body image to where being very skinny and very frail is beautiful. Um, and then the doctor will say, yeah, you're very close to dying. And so we do know that that is a very distorted way of self-worth, like a, um, a very low form of seeing yourself. Um, it is a very um, extreme lack of self-love and of self-confidence in your image and in your worth uh, in general. And um, anyone struggling with that is most likely going through that. And um, 
Wow. And when someone who is struggling with anorexia, well, at least some people, I like I said, um, anorexia can have a range of different mental um, challenges and different um, ways people react to it. So, um, in this particular story, this girl is saying that um, when she finally was able to defy that inner voice that was very toxic, um, the voices started getting louder and it would scream at her to, to not eat, to not do these things. And um, so when that does happen, uh, when someone is, you know, uh, struggling with anorexia and they do want to try to help themselves, they're actually grasping on to um, hope in order to kind of get back to a sense of normalcy. That voice is that one thing that is probably the loudest in their mind. Because when you grab on to that hope, that anorexia already knows that you're making movements to save yourself, and it doesn't want that to happen. Anorexia does not want you to gain momentum and start pulling yourself back up to where you used to be in this normalcy that you used to have. So it will do everything to try and pull you back. Um, it will scream at you, it will yell at you, it will just do everything it can to keep a hold on you. Um, and so I feel like a lot of people who are struggling with that and are still kind of in that cycle of either binging and purging or being very restrictive, maybe they're afraid of that voice getting louder. That anorexic voice gets louder when you progress in a healthy way. And maybe that inner voice is so scary to some of them that it keeps them seated where they're at. That's something to, to, to blah, blah. <laughs> that is something to take into consideration. Because I know for a fact in my life, I don't like being yelled at. You know, I, I used to hate being yelled at. Um, whether it be at myself or someone was doing it to me outwardly. That was probably the most traumatic thing in my life that I hated for so long is that people used to yell at me. Maybe this inner voice is also traumatic to those who are struggling with this. That it scares them, it shuts them down. Because when sometimes when someone is encouraged to do better, they don't believe that they're worth the, the effort to be helped, or the effort it takes for them to help themselves. So instead of actually grabbing on to that hope and 
making movements to get better, they can sometimes go farther back into themselves or into their depression and their anorexia. They can sometimes be so scared of progress that they'll stay in the arms of anorexia because they're absolutely terrified of it. They're petrified um, to go back to that because that normalcy that they used to have they were made fun of. Their weight was made fun of. Uh, they were told that they were not good enough. Uh, they were told that they were fat or that, you know, they believed that they were fat. They believed that they were unloved. They believed that they weren't worthy. And so when someone who is struggling with an ED um, or anorexia sees that, you know, that normalcy is still accessible, they don't necessarily see the positive side of being um, a healthy weight. They see what they actually came out of. They see the past. They don't necessarily see a future in being um, healthy. And what I mean is, instead of actually having the confidence to not listen to those voices that have told them that they were fat and um, all of maybe even emotional and physical abuse. Like I said, there's so many different reasons for someone to go into um, hurting themselves like this. So whatever their past was is still in front of them and it still doesn't look good. But there's normalcy behind that, because before they decided to hurt themselves and be reckless with their own bodies, they were at a healthy weight. They were at a healthy uh, state of mind and a state of behavior. But the only thing that they see is the things that brought them to anorexia and that's probably why some of them stay in the arms of anorexia it's because they don't see a normal life they don't see a normal health they only see what they came from and how they um, left that so going back to something that was relatively negative to them doesn't make any sense but in reality they were healthy even though they were told that they were fat they were unloved or unworthy or they believed in that their body was still healthy when they were suffering from all of the words that people have said to them or maybe they thought of that themselves you know what I mean um Their starting point is also, how do I say this, their before point. So let's say someone had a normal weight, so that's their before, their after is anorexia. So 
in their after, they don't see anything good in the before. So sometimes, let me put it like this, because I'm having the hardest time explaining it, because it's so hard to explain. Um, maybe you guys get it, but I feel like I need to explain myself a whole lot more. Um, when, like I said before, some people have environments that they've grown up in. So let's say before they had anorexia, they were in this cage. And this cage was something that they completely hated. Whether it be body image problems, abusive family, um, bullying, and um, saying that they're unworthy, not good enough, they're fat, all of this stuff is stuffed into this cage with them. Okay? This cage is where they started before anorexia came and took them away. And anorexia is another cage. It's much smaller. And instead of this person being alone, there's actually someone else in there with you in that cage. Anorexia is with you in this cage. So, they don't feel alone. They don't feel ugly. Not all of the time. Um, they don't feel like there's anything wrong with them. It's almost like a comfort zone in this one cage with someone else in it. Because anorexia is their only company at this moment. And the reason why um, they want to stay is because... It's a self-manipulation thing where I'm better off not being in that other cage because I have anorexia to keep me company and it's helping me progress and getting thinner and getting more beautiful and all of this stuff. Sure, anorexia may be a little nasty, but it's only for my own good. This is, I feel like, their mentality sometimes. So when it comes to someone um, seeing that the other cage that they came out of is the only option to get back to normalcy. They're like, no, I was alone in that cage. No, I was alone in that cage. I, I, why would I, why would I want to go back to that one cage that hurt me so much that brought me here? I'm better with anorexia. I'm better with this company. So not only does this cage with anorexia give you this false sense of reality that you are better than what you used to be, you're slowly deteriorating. And so when someone who is struggling with that sees the other cage, the last cage that they were in the, is the only option to, to get better, sometimes they will not choose that. Sometimes they, they will be in denial because they're completely terrified of going back to that old cage where they left the key. You ever um, accidentally leave your, your house and you, you, you accidentally left the keys there? Your house keys? You just forgot to lock the, the door and all of that? but you had to go back and get it 
lock the door and leave. People who are dealing with this, they don't realize that they can leave the first cage that they were in. The key was with you all along, you just have to use it. I don't know, I really hope that I explained it as good as I could. Because um, sometimes when I'm trying to explain something, um, imagery kind of comes up into my head like, Oh, say it like this. Say it like this. Um, so my imagination kind of sees that. Two cages. One of them's worse. One of them's smaller. And it also has something in there that keeps you company that it's also making everything worse and enables you. But, um, like I said, just because that one cage is, um, there, that, you know, you came out of it, doesn't mean that you don't have the key to, to leave that one too. You don't necessarily have to go back to that cage. Just reach in, get the key, and leave. And I think Eugenia... She's... Probably resting in the arms of anorexia right now. Because we see her completely isolated. The only person that she's... Um, usually with is her mother. And we all know that her mother is most likely an enabler. So she's in a toxic family. And she's also in a toxic relationship with herself. So she's got it pretty bad. And, um... Like I said, the only thing that can save Eugenia is Eugenia. And I won't ever say that she's dying. I won't ever say that, you know, she's gonna die or all of these evil things that some people are just so angry at her and they say that's not gonna help her. Um, honestly, the only thing, and even though it does sound pretty useless right now, since she's still in that state of mind, you guys gotta give her love. When someone is exposed to good, pure love long enough, they will end up loving themselves. But it is all up to them to choose to be loved. And I believe, I wholeheartedly believe that Eugenia is struggling to love herself. We know a few things about her. Um, we do know that she was made fun of in school. And um, I remember some sort of story on her Instagram where she held up a picture of something that she drew a long time ago. And there was like a pyramid of cheerleaders and she was like just standing there looking. Um, so we do know that she had some insecurity back then. Or she still does, of course, because she's still doing this to herself. The one thing that you don't want to do 
is say mean comments because that will only feed the anorexia that she's resting with. The only thing to kill something toxic is to love the person that that toxic thing is sucking from. That is feeding off of. Love overcomes so much. And I know it doesn't look like anything is happening for her. But we do have to just give her this complete, pure, genuine, just grand gesture of complete, unconditional love for her. Because I don't think she's ever really experienced love without any strings attached. I don't think she's ever experienced pure love and not have have to like give anything back. I I don't think she's ever you know experienced a love to where they people only give her just complete and utter pure genuine and just extreme just love. I think she's only had conditional love. I don't think she's ever had unconditional love to where it's only love that you give. You don't ask for anything back. And that's very sad because I believe that Eugenia Cooney deserves unconditional love. I believe that she needs to be told that she's worthy, that she is loved. And I know there's so many fans that say that she is loved. But there's always going to be that one person that, that is going to um, take her down and say, Oh, I'm just watching just to see when you die or something like that. that that's evil. Anybody who has ever commented that you need to get a job. I'm serious. Do something better with your life. Because trolls don't really need to be in this situation. Anyone who has said anything unkind or hurtful to anyone, not just Eugenia, but to anybody who is struggling with body issues, do something better with your life. I do not understand why anyone would think it was funny to see someone slowly kill themselves. Anyone who thinks that that is hilarious, you are a sadistic piece of crap. You need to get a job, you need to get a therapist, you need to move out of your mom's basement. Alright? I guess the only thing that I want to ask to the fans that still love Eugenia, okay, that still care enough to make sure that she's okay, giving her messages, all of that, keep doing what you're doing, 
keep loving on her. Because at some point, she is going to have to respond to that in a genuine way. There's only so much. There's only like... Man, I lost my train of thought. There's only so much a person can deny. There's only so much time for someone to hide uh, within themselves. At some point, they're going to have to step out. They're going to have to accept that love. And I'm an optimist. I believe that one day she will accept all that unconditional love that her true fans really, really want to give her. And that will inspire her to get better by herself. Because even though her friends did it, her friends can't do it this time. Her friends cannot help her this time. She's cut herself off from so many people. She needs to do this herself. This is a war between Eugenia and herself. She's going to have to make the first move this time. And I believe I'm speaking life over her because I I care about her. She will get better. I speak that. I speak life over her. I speak unconditional love over her. Because if you want something done the right way, you speak it first. That's all I'm asking all the fans of Eugenia to do, is speak life over her. Quit getting frustrated that she's still thin. Quit getting upset that she's still in the place that she used to be. Okay? If you want to see results, speak life. And of course, I don't know if Eugenie even knows what Anchor is, or if she even listens to any podcasts at all. But just for that 1% possibility that she could be listening right now, I just want to say, Eugenia, you are loved. And, And don't Take that with a grain of salt. Don't accept that like a grain of salt. Accept all of it. Accept it all. You are loved. You are loved unconditionally by so many people. And they all want you to get better. You may not see that there's something wrong with you. But there's the, the world is screaming and telling you that there is something And we just want to say we love you. We want the best for you. We want to see you live your best life. We want you to feel worthy and loved. We want you to be able to progress so much to the point where you become unrecognizable, unrecognizably beautiful to us. Not that you're not beautiful now. Of course, your personality and the way that you are is incredibly breathtaking. 
but there is always a way to be better. No matter where you're at in your life, don't take that in the worst way possible because you don't deserve the worst way, you deserve the best. You deserve everything good in this life and you need to believe it too. I love you, Eugenia. I've watched you for so long. I've been a fan for so long. And from one person who loves you unconditionally from everybody else who agrees with this podcast and also says that they love you. There's thousands of people, millions of people out there wanting to see you just rise from all of this. You have so many people behind you. You have an army behind you, Eugenia, that want you to be incredible. Okay? I cannot wait for the day that you are able to stand on your own. There's so many people, that army behind you, cannot wait for the day you say, I'm worthy. There's going to be so many people behind you cheering you on. You have so many people that are encouraging you and that are supporting you. All you have to do is go forward, sweetheart. The encouragement, it's made it a little easier. I know you still got a lot of work to do. Trust me, progress is hard. But it's not impossible. for anybody here that is listening that has been or that is struggling with anorexia or any type of eating disorder okay you are loved okay I don't care if you've isolated yourself and have just turned yourself away from everyone there's someone out there that is concerned for you there is someone out there that wants to help you so please, please help yourself, okay? There, there shouldn't be any shame in asking for help when it comes to stuff like this. I care about my listeners. I care about the people out in the world that are struggling worse than me. I don't care. I care about the human condition. I care about... A human's soul. When I 
hear people struggling, I immediately just want to hug them and say, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. So if anybody has never said it to you yet, if you've never heard it from somebody, you're going to be okay. I speak life over you. You are going to get better. You are beautiful. You are loved. You are breathtaking. You are just the most beautiful soul. You are wonderful. You are worthy. You are good enough. And I'm not just saying that. That comes from the deepest part of my heart, the deepest part of my soul. I don't want to see anybody suffer. I don't want to see anybody hurt themselves. Don't let those voices be the only voice that you hear inside your head. It is going to be so hard to make that choice to get better. And it's going to feel very silly sometimes because when you love yourself and when you look at yourself in the mirror and you want to say, I'm beautiful, sometimes when you say it, it sounds so silly and so nonsensical, but say it anyways. Say it anyways. Say it until you believe it. Because I believe that every woman, every man, every soul on this earth deserves to love themselves to the point where they're able to take care of themselves. I just believe that. I don't believe anybody should be going through any body issues or body image issues or fuss over the way they look to the point where they're obsessed with someone else as thinspiration or just inspiration itself. You need to look at yourself for inspiration. What are the good things about you? What are the good things about you that people love? Learn to love it yourself. I mean, there's no other person, no other soul exactly like you. You are a rare breed. You are a new breed. You are just a breed all in yourself that no one else is exactly like you. That's incredibly beautiful. No one else can do the same thing that you can do. No one else can say the things that you can say. No one else can have the same talents as you. You're a creature all in itself, all in yourself. You are the one original design that cannot be copied, imitated, or destroyed. That's something to be confident about. That's something to be just count yourself lucky and blessed about that you're not a copy of someone else take pride in your originality I know it's gonna take time all of this is gonna be a process but you have people around you and even if you don't you have me saying you are worthy enough to make that choice to get better you have that power within you, whether you believe it or not. 
You are loved, you are worthy, you are beautiful. Please accept that. Thank you to everybody who has listened, who has um, come this far um, in this podcast and listened to me babble. Trust me, even if I did babble, it comes from a very deep place in my heart of caring. Um, But thank you very much for listening. I will see you in the trenches next time. I love you. Goodbye.